Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this September the 23rd, 2017. Ah, yes. The supposed great and wondrous sign of Revelation 12 occurs in the heavens this very night. The only problem with that is it plainly and, and painfully creates a urea crown on the woman's head. So much hype over the sign. I strongly suggest you go to YouTube and look up my video on it. I made it quite some time back. Are you so sure that what occurs tonight is a great warning, especially since Two days after I posted the information on my Twitter, somebody else comes out and talks on another show. Used to be a pretty good fellow of mine, I reckon. Come out and pointed out that the three planets in question was occulted by the moon. They were hidden before the said event. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Riddle me this. Would the Lord your God describe in Revelation chapter 12 a Stephanos crown, which is a wreath, give you a sign in the heavens according to that bride's sign in the heavens, which is the king star? Take comment Chevy Lumaker 9. Rip it into a 21-gun salute, and you look at the pictures, and that's exactly what it looks like in the heavens. It looks like a Stephanos crown. And you actually think that he would don his bride with a Urea crown? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't you know that only a harlot would do that? I wonder if anybody's heard uh, what was just released on the 21st, two days ago. That was another wondrous sign, really, in the heavens. Just like Jupiter's 21-gun salute with the comet Chevy Lumaker 9. Very interesting how it was captured in the news. This is the headline from the 21st. NASA's Cassini captures mysterious glitch Peggy in Saturn's rings. Ah, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord is continually giving us signs like this. One thing's for sure. I haven't heard anybody talk about the biggest news to erupt out of the press this week. 
Here's the headline. Israel and U.S. opens first American military base in Israel, and all of the shepherds are silent. We also had a magnitude 7.5 strike off the coast of Northern California. It's just happened yesterday. And by the way, just so you all know, ah yes, summer solstice, the descent into darkness. Today is the very day that the days become shorter and the night, ah yes, that infamous night that the Lord Jesus Christ himself warned us about. That the nights would be coming when no good deed could be done. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Let me ask you a question. Does any of you, off the top of your head, know what Second Corinthians chapter 7 means? Do you know what it's talking about? And I wonder... If you even care. Does it bother you that I ask that question? I didn't mean for any of you to take offense at it. As far as I'm concerned, somebody needs to pull the trigger. Why are you going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie?
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. It is a blessing and an honor, a privilege to go on air with you tonight, broadcasting live. It truly is a privilege and an honor to get together with Clinton and Brian and do the best that we can to convince you all to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Clinton, how has your week been, buddy? And uh, what have you been keeping your eye on in the news uh, this week? Well, you know, it's uh, this has been a week where the news actually jumps out at you, and uh, you, you can't really stay away. Uh, you can't look anywhere else. But I've been trying to focus on a you know a week of reflection. You know, just looking at myself and looking at what what I have done to you know to hurt others, and and we have all are guilty of that. And uh, so I've been spending a lot of time just reflecting on that and and uh, trying to correct my faults. Well, I'm kind of left speechless. Uh, amen. Uh, how else do I address that, ladies and gentlemen? Except, may it be so. I mean, whether we like it or not, the solstice fell right where it was supposed to in exactly one week. We will endure the Day of Atonement. So, Clinton, I would say that your thoughts have been wiser than mine this week. I've been knee-deep in the weeds. Uh, oh, my goodness. My enemy has just produced all kinds of weeds for me to uh, – well, preoccupy my foolish mind with. Brian, how has your week went, and um, what's been catching your eye in the news this week? Well, my week's been all right, and well, let's see. We had the big UN meeting this week, which has been one of the uh, rather large uh, sort of giving a forecast of how the next year is going to play out, most certainly, because a lot definitely happened at that meeting this week. So that's one of the main things I've been watching here. Well, Brian, I haven't been able to catch up with you privately. That's well, it's pretty painful for me, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm, I lean on Brian. You know, I can actually have, well, godly conversations with Brian. And uh, I'm working out of town. And uh, in a company trailer that don't have Wi-Fi, so me and Brian haven't been able to hook up because, well, when you have five children and a wife, you're not going to get very much of your data that you pay for. And that's good. Well, that's been a blessing. Um, <laughs> that's been a blessing for them, uh, but I haven't been able to uh, talk with Brian. That leaves me in a very weakened condition emotionally. Ladies and gentlemen, do not be misled. When the Lord your God tells you that two are better than one, 
You need to take that to the bank. Matter of fact, whatever comes out of his mouth, you need to determine that to be the undeniable truth. Whatever he says, whether you understand it or not, um, <clears throat> even if it's been explained to you before, even if Brian and I have explained it to you before at length, you know, let me just jump over to some messages. Uh, I had a very dear brother of ours uh, send me a very interesting question, which um, I have uh, explained. Brian's explained. Uh, we've talked about it publicly at length. Let me just read the question in its fullness. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Friday at 12.17 p.m. Now, be mindful that due to my data usage, I wasn't able to respond because I don't respond on my phone because most of the time when I'm trying to chat with my thumbs, okay, I you just don't want to go there. You all know full well that I am grossly incompetent at using my laptop, which has a keyboard. Uh, so... Well, it's not funny, but anyway, just let me read this. This is uh, Friday at uh, 12, 17 p.m., very dear brother. Brian and I have explained this on um, live broadcast, uh, YouTube live broadcast. Uh, in writing, I actually uh, – I think I even had a private conversation with this uh, particular brother, but this is an important question, and these are the things that are important because – he realizes that God has said it, and he don't understand it, but God bless him. He knows that even don't, he don't understand it, he knows it's true. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think I've been doing since I could talk? <laughs> question. Hey, Matthew, wondering if you could help me with a question. Working through Revelation 12, and it seems to me that there is an isochronal event related to the slaughter of the innocents. I see that the 144,000 will be caught up to heaven when the Assyrian false prophet Tail uh, goes after them. What I am a bit confused by is that the dragon is ready to devour the children. I thought... The dragon would want to go up after the 144,000. Isn't this how God catches him in a trap when he is forced to try to stop the Assyrian from his strike? The text seems to make it sound as if the dragon, Satan, is the one ready to devour. Any help would be appreciated Godspeed. Now, that's an intelligent question right there. And just so he knows, I will try to prepare for him an answer uh, tomorrow, one that he's heard before. And when he hears it, well, he'll be reminded of it. But let us make sure that we understand that God has already told us up front that the Assyrian does not, will not worship Satan, not ever. He worships Merav, the god of war. 
Okay? We have to understand that. <laughs> the Assyrian false prophet is never, as in not ever, going to worship or serve the dragon. Not ever. That's not what God said. That never entered his mind. He said exactly what he meant to say. And he makes it perfectly clear that the entire machination behind the false prophet's agenda is not Satan. Nada. Nick. Nine. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, these are the things you need to be asking questions about. Is Flip through your Bible like I just mentioned one earlier, just off the top of my head because I, I know I'm familiar with it, and I'm trying to do it this week. I'm kind of leaving you all in the dark because you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I do. I'm going through it this week. And I've been instructed by the Lord my God to that I am to externalize my joy. Oh, for the love of Pete. This prosperity vomit just makes me nauseous. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're when you're going through trials and tribulations and beatings and you know, being slandered, what's supposed to make you <laughs> Is there anybody you're confident of in your family of Christ? Now I've really got all of your attention. Now you're sitting there thinking, well, I wish you would shut up so I could go grab my Bible and figure out what Second Corinthians chapter 7 is talking about. Here, let me do it. I'll do it right now. I am completely confident in Brian. My joy rests in him. I celebrate Tiana. That brings me happiness. You can take me to the stocks. By God, you can whip me black and blue. And I tell you true, I will be happy remembering and thinking about Brian and Tiana. But is there one such person in your home churches or your Christian groups that you can say that of? Tell me, surely you know a Timothy, don't you? Because if you don't know a Timothy, by the way, do you know what that Greek word means? Probably not, beside the point. How about Hebrew? I didn't think so. My point is, is that if you don't, you're not in a family of Christ's church because that church is an unconfined congregation. I must apologize. I just realized that once again I'm being rude. To Clinton, I'm not letting him do uh, his news coverage, and I am sorry for that. But uh, 
like I said this week, you're not you're not catching me at the top of my game. Uh, I need fellowship with Brian. He strengthens and encourages me, and I've been assaulted all week long. I'm not very good at that. So, Clinton, please jump in here, and please do accept my apologies. I didn't mean to cut so much into your time. I know you're, you usually uh, take up a good portion of the first part of the broadcast, so if I need to skip my part for this show, not a problem. Um, it just probably means I didn't have anything good to say anyway. Amen? Is not the Lord Jesus Christ in charge here? Isn't what comes out of my mouth? Isn't what comes out of my heart dictated by his Holy Spirit? And if not, I need to sit down and shut up. And amen to that. Even unto... Hallelujah, amen. Now there's four that I can agree with. Clinton, you have the saddle. Uh, and please do accept my apologies. No apology needed. I mean, it's it's a pleasure listening to you. So, um, anytime you feel moved to talk, I mean, not a not a worry at all. Um, I mean, you you actually, you know, a lot of times when you when you go on the ranch, you kind of spark me, which so it kind of works out well. So, not even an issue. Um, you know, I, I I talked a little bit just in the introduction. You know, just about um, you know, kind of the self reflection, and I think what's going on in the world is is very important to have that self-reflection uh, because we're actually witnessing the the news coming to us in a way that that we've never seen it before um, and that means it's it's hitting everyone I mean the, these earthquakes that happened in California and Mexico the hurricanes that came through the Caribbean and destroyed Puerto Rico here recently I mean those events are waking people up at least to realize that there's something unique, something different about what is going on right now. And, you know, I mean, you can put in any kind of, you know, well, you know, people have talked about the end of the world before, you know, we had Y2K, we had the, you know, the Mayan prophecy. We, we have the September 23rd where everyone says a rapture. And, and I, you know, I can even say I was hoping that the rapture was going to happen, but I knew that it was not the case because it's not what it says. But but I even got caught up, you know, hoping because of the the trials on this earth, because of what we go through on a daily basis, how evil we are to each other and, and how mean we are to each other. I mean, the, the, the fact that there are always reports coming out of just crazy people doing crazy stuff to each other. And then you you look at it from you know, a day-to-day interaction. You look at what's going on, say, for instance, in St. Louis. The fact that they were about ready to storm the mayor's house, that the riots are, are getting so bad there. I mean, it, it, this is just one off of many that are happening. We, we, we know that as people see more calamity happen, as things get crazier, as, as they start to have their individual lives impacted, they're, they're going to lose their sense of reality. They're, they're going to lose their sense of self. And once you deteriorate someone's you know, sense of self, then they're willing to just lash out at anything, at anyone. And 
that is where where we are headed. That is what we are seeing on a not only just in the United States but on a global scale. I mean, if you if you cause refugees to, you know, to leave a certain area uh, because they you know, their house got destroyed, their family got killed, you know, they had nothing but the shirt on their back and they left, those people have a a loss of self. And so they're going to try to regroup any way that they possibly can. And that is where, you know, society tends to get in trouble some ways. Because A, either the persecuted people that are leaving one area, for instance, the people that are in Syria that have fled into Europe, they lost their sense of self. They lost their identity. If it was not for Islam, they would have lost, you know, any kind of identity that they had, but they held on to that. But then you have the European culture that is very afraid of the unknown, very afraid of what is happening with the migration that they then see a sense of self that they lose as well. And this is what is, is scary about this time. Because if you if you take away people's everything that they know, and you do realize, make them realize that everything that they know is a, a a mirage that can be taken away in a split second. That is something that is that you worked your entire life for, and it's it's gone just real quickly. It it, it changes their psyche, it changes their their ability to think, and this is starting to materialize in Germany. And and the reason I bring up Germany is because, well, they're having their elections here real soon. You know, I, I believe it's, I think it's tomorrow. Um, and so we have this major election that's happening, but there's been reports that, well, the Islamic minority that migrated from Syria um, is actually starting to get a political foothold. And they're, they're starting to get enough people there that are registered, that are, you know, became citizens, whatever pattern they needed to, to be able to vote in Germany, I'm not sure, but they have that ability to then vote. And they're actually worried that they may have some of these migrants that then have leaders that are elected and transform the political makeup in Germany. <laughs> I mean, if if that doesn't make you kind of wake up to what's going on, then, then I don't know what is. Because, I mean, if you think of the, the origin, I mean, you think of Assad in Syria, th- that regime, and, and the reason I say regime is because we know who backs them, which is Russia, Iran, Hezbollah. I mean, they're all involved. Turkey's involved. All of them are involved. But that regime has created the perfect democratic society. You have elections. Assad is, I think, going to be working on his fourth election. And the last one he won with 97% of the majority. Because the people that don't vote for him have left or they get killed. That's how you stay in power in the perfect democratic system. And that is the byproduct that is spreading the globe. That is something that is being fought over by the nations of the world right now. That is why there's so much impact in who controls Syria is because of this system. If you cut off the head of the dragon, then the system falls apart, and chances are it's not going to have the validity that it has across the globe. But if you retain that dragon and it stays intact, then that system continues to get stronger. And that is why we are in Syria. That's why we've always been in Syria, 
That's why even under the Obama administration, he went to Congress saying we should go into Syria way before any of this happened. And, of course, that was shot down. Now we have a permanent base in Israel. We have Israel who has recently bombed Syria. We have Hezbollah that says they are ready for war against Israel, that they are ready to go right now. And then we have the commander-in-chief of the United States of America at the UN General Assembly just blabbing. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I mean, the, the, his speech is, is it's not a speech of a president. It's not a speech of a, anyone that wants to unify the world. It's a speech of someone that is, is, a, is just threatening and trying to be a, a large bully. And, and the reason that I even say that is the two nations that we knew that they were going to go after was North Korea and Iran. And, and you know, Trump is, is laying out everything he can to show that Iran is not complying with the nuclear deal that they signed under the Obama administration. Now, the thing is, under all accounts, they are compliant. And actually, it's kind of being twisted to where Russia is saying, well, your actions uh, building up the military, uh, bombing in Syria, um, technically you're kind of breaking treaties that we signed in the 80s, that the United States and Russia signed in the 80s. So if Donald Trump is willing to break a treaty that was signed with Iran because, well, Iran is not compliant when they are, what is holding Russia back from breaking a treaty with the United States when they have proof that the United States have broke that treaty? That is the argument that's going on. And then we, we, we are piping off at the UN General Assembly threatening to break this treaty when there's an underlining treaty that will be impacted by this action that no one's talking about, that no one wants to talk about because, well, that's too real. That's too out there. What happens when the United States and Russia no longer have a, a treaty, a nuclear treaty, a weapons treaty, a missile treaty, whatever it was called, a treaty between them to stop them from killing each other? What happens when that treaty is broken? Where do they meet? Well, they already said where they're going to meet, it seems like where both of their armies are already, we know that this massive spending bill, massive amounts of money are going to two locations from the United States, two locations in the world. And I'm sure most people can probably guess where these locations are. One is Israel, which that's an easy one. The second is Ukraine. That's the other easy one. Follow the money. You know exactly where they're planning on putting their troops, where they're planning on building up the defenses, where they're planning on attacking their enemies. Their attack in Russia and their attack in Syria, and they're going to use, you know, possibly Israel to go into Iran. Now, the whole thing with North Korea, waging war on China, that, that doesn't make any sense. Absolutely does not make any sense. You sit there and you threaten China, who is the bank, who owns 26% of our debt. What's China going to do? They're going to call in their debt. 
which means, and we know what this means from Greece, because, well, the IMF did the same thing to Greece. Greece, you can't pay your bills. Okay, what do you want us to do? Sell all your assets and give us the money. Okay, well, how about the Parthenon? Okay, yeah, sell that. Yep, that's one of them. <laughs> that's what they do. China's already said that they plan on doing this. So if we mess with China too much, they call in the loan. The United States has to sell their assets to pay the loan, or you shoot at each other. And that's the other, the other equation of it. You know, and, and from what everything is happening on a global scale from the economic standpoint, we know that China already has the end game put in place from an economic standpoint, from a monetary, from a currency standpoint. They have all the bases covered where when the petrodollar falls, and mathematically it will, China's ready to pick up the pieces. So how does war help this? How does war do anything? Well, it's going to make a lot of people a lot of money. That's what it always does. And if you are only worried about making money, war is a wonderful thing because you're going to make a lot of money. And your friends are going to make money because, well, you make sure you get the right contracts with the right people so they make money. And it's all about making money. And, and you know, you're going to have some collateral damage. You know, some people are going to die, but you're going to make some money. And that's all that matters is making some money. But when your currency then is worth nothing, and it's owned by someone else, that making money doesn't make any sense. So this whole thing that's going on with China and the United States does not make any sense. This whole thing with North Korea, that's the wild card. That's the crazy thing that we don't know. You know, we don't know. There's reports that are saying that he's been doing nuclear tests to the point that the mountain that the nuclear tests are under may collapse because he's done so many nuclear tests underneath it. We have him saying that he's also going to shoot a hydrogen bomb over Japan. <laughs> so, so it seems like there's, we're, they're inciting Japan and South Korea to defend themselves as well. So maybe the attack isn't necessarily against the United States at that point. It's mostly against Japan and South Korea. And then just to pick on the United States, knowing that your big brother's got your back. Because you got bigger problems to handle, which is what's going on with Iran and Russia. That's your bigger problems. And you've already got all your, your allies upset at you. So you're going to have to go it alone. Well, unless you get a Kurdish state. Which we'll find out on Monday, when that election goes through, when that referendum goes through, if the Kurds actually are going to try to in an essence, secede from Iraq. If they do that, there's a possibility of a, what happened in the Six-Day War happens with the Kurdish people, that all of their neighbors attacked them. Because Iraq's already said they were going to do that. Iran's already said they're going to do that. Turkey's already said they're going to do that. So is that the, as Matthew puts it, the starting gun? Is that what sets off the, the entire Middle East to go down this path? Down this war that they have been building for a long time? And then what's the end game? Well, I think we're starting to see the end game, at least in the United States, the end game um, in this health care bill. 
and, and the reason that I even bring up this health care bill is I'm I'm afraid that I think I'm I think it's going to pass. I'm I'm pretty concerned it's going to pass. And this one is is <laughs> this one is is probably worse than all the other ones. I mean we're we're talking about massive amounts of people that are going to lose their coverage. I mean the cuts that are coming to be coming from Medicare on this. Medicare covers one in five Americans. So 20% of the population, you have Medicare. Um, so you're going to be impacted in some way or another. That's 74 million Americans, 11 million of which are low income. So if they don't get the uh, stipends from Obamacare, then they don't get health care, which, you know, some people can say, well, we'll go to work and get a job and get some health care. Well, a lot of employers don't even pay for health care anymore. So you can't even use that argument anymore. I mean, and then you go down to four out of 10 children. So 40% of the children are covered by Medicare. Half of all births in the United States are paid for by Medicare. Two-thirds of the nursing homes, the recipients get assistance from Medicare. I mean, there's also 10 million adults and children with physical or mental disabilities that get help from this program as well. And the cuts are going to start. I mean, they, they, have, they have until September 30th to pass this. Otherwise, it goes from having to where they need 50 votes, which they can almost do just by themselves as Republicans, to 60 votes, which there's no way they could do that just no way. And don't forget the nuclear option is still in effect, you know, that had never been used in the history of the United States, but Mike Pence did use it for the first time to nominate the Supreme Court justice. Don't forget that that's still intact. Once it passes the Senate, it goes to the president's desk. It goes to him to sign into law. This is, this is going to impact Many, many people. And they're saying, well, the reason we got to do this is because Obamacare is going to implode. Well, where are they getting the money for this new program? Well, they're taking it from the money that was set aside for Obamacare. They're taking $1 trillion that were supposed to go to Obamacare over the next seven years and then using that money to put into this program. But then this program, they have to then re-vote on it to reauthorize it in 2026. Otherwise, it goes away. So this, this assistance program that they're putting together is a way to basically remove assistance from the system because they're, they're going to make it to where if you have the money to pay for it, then you'll have it. If you don't have the money to pay for it, you're not going to have it. Plain and simple. I mean, there's reports that are coming out that uh, a 60-year-old, so this is just the average across the United States, you know, if you're 60 years old and you make 25 grand, you know, which if you invested right, you're making 25 grand, you're going to, your increase is going to be $16,000 per year. That's the increase. Um, in Alaska, because, well, I guess people are sicker in Alaska than other places, uh, the increase is going to be about 30, almost $32,000. In Arizona, because, well, there's a lot of retired people in Arizona, so, of course, there's, you know, they must be sick. Um, the increase is going to be $22,000 annually. 
to people over 60. You know, I, I know that they keep raising the retirement age to, I think it's 68 now. You know, by the time I'm up there, it's probably going to be 98 before you can actually retire. Um, 60 is not even retirement age. So how are these people going to afford this? They're not. They're not. And then what the plan is, is they're going to basically put everything onto the states. Say, states, you got to come up with a plan in two years, and then you have to submit that plan to the federal government to have them approve the plan to then get your money to pay for this program that we are forcing you to pay for. But if you're in the wrong state, the amount of money you're going to get is going to drop substantially. But if you're in the right state, it's going to go up substantially. You know, if you're in, in California, you're going to have massive, massive cuts to the point of $78 billion is what they're going to lose. New York, $45 billion. But in Texas, it's going to go up by $35 billion. So, so basically, what do you think this is going to happen? You're going to have a migration of people moving from state to state, depending on the laws of the state, depending on if they get health care benefits or if they don't get health care benefits. That is, that is the direction this is headed because it's going to be put on the states, and then the state governments have to come up with a program. So if it fails, it's all on the states. There's no risk from the federal government. There's no risk for Congress. It's on the states if they don't pass this, if they don't approve a plan, if they don't get anything going, it's on the states. And you can blame the states and you can storm their house because they live in your state. That is, that is the plan. I mean, that is truly the plan with this. Oh, but the other thing is they're, they're going to make it to where – they cut what they're going to cover. So you're going to pay more money. It's going to be dependent on which state you live in, if you're going to have good coverage or not. And then they're going to make it to where the insurance companies can get rid of essential you know, requirements, essential stuff that you need to stay healthy. And those are only like you know, hospitalization, in case you need to go to the hospital and stay there overnight, uh, prescription drugs, um, you know, maternity care, uh, mental health treatment. Um, those are stuff that are going to be, you know, not necessarily covered. They're going to have to pay extra for those. So if you plan on getting crazy and have to go to mental health institute, you better plan ahead to get the coverage to pay for it. Otherwise, you can't go to the mental health institution to get that covered because your health insurance is not going to cover it unless you got that coverage before, if you can see where it's headed. You can, you can see exactly where this is headed. Um, the, the other horrible, horrible thing about this is every time you have to renew, and it seems like you're going to have to renew on an annual basis, every time you have to renew, they are going to have the ability to raise your premiums. So if you get sick, which we are all going to get sick at one point or another, but say, unfortunately, you get cancer or you get some other illness like that, and then you have to renew your health plan, the price is going to skyrocket to the point that, well, you're not going to be able to afford the treatment that you need to stay healthy because you can't afford the treatment to stay healthy. It's the fact that this is even talked about, the fact that they are probably going to push this through because, well, they have to. 
And the other aspect of it is if you really want to see how the federal government is going to prove these plans that the states give them, look at how they've conducted themselves with the Real ID Act. The Real ID Act was put in place in 2005. They were supposed to have this up and running by 2012. It's been delayed because of funding the economic crisis, you know, certain states fighting it, all that kind of stuff. I believe it's on January 22nd. They better, and I mean the states, better have their ducks in a row. Um, everyone, every state so far, has e- either has an extension or they're completely compliant. And what this Real ID Act, for those of you that don't know what it is, is basically a national ID card. Every state is going to have, uh, you know, like a uh, an ID that is mandated by the government. This is put together by a 9-11 commission. Um, the catch of this, though, is it has to have some biometric standard. And the biometric standard, you know, can be DNA, fingerprints, eye retina, you know, you know retinal scans, uh, voice patterns, uh, facial recognition, hand measurements, um, RFID. Um, it, it just has to have those. So every state is supposed to be ready, compliant, had their extensions through by January for this to go into effect. And if you live in the state of Minnesota, you know that there was an issue that if you, you had a Minnesota straight state driver's license, you cannot fly out of the state without a passport at one point because Minnesota was not in compliance with the Real ID Act. They were not working towards getting this, and they were fighting the system. So the federal government said, okay, fine, you can't leave the state then. If you don't have this ID card, you cannot leave the state. Do you see where this is headed? Do you see the direction that these laws are putting the American people? That is the snare. That is the system that is being maneuvered around us without us even knowing. And it's, it's getting scarier by the moment. It's, it's making more people wake up. It's more making more people freak out. Because as they wake up, as they see this, if they were not mentally prepared, if they were not watching the signs, if they were not, you know, talking to God on a daily basis, when you tell them about this, they're not going to believe you. But then as they start to see it unfold in front of their eyes, how do you think they're going to react? They're going to lose their sense of self. Because all they know is their sense of self now which means you have a job, you have a home, you have health care, you have retirement, you have a car, you have family, you have a driver's license. That's the American way of life, and that's changing. That sense of self is going away. Now, on a different little note, went on quite a tangent there, um, but I thought it was very interesting that on September 21st, so two days ago, uh, was the International Day of Peace. And the the fun thing about the International Day of Peace um, is, you know, it's been going on for, you know, since, I think, 85. Um, but they really, you know, didn't seem to be naming the Days of Peace or the International Day of Peace, you know, having a theme for it until, like, 2011. And in 2011, you know, it was peace and democracy, make your voice heard. And in 2012, it was sustainable peace for a sustainable future. You know, and then 2013, it was focus on peace education. 
And then 14 came around. It was right to peace. 15, partnership for peace, dignity of all. 16, sustainable development goals, building blocks for peace. And then this year, <laughs> for, for those of you that kind of know where I'm headed, you know, read 1 Thessalonians 5.3. But this year is together for peace, respect, safety, and dignity for all. So 1 Thessalonians 5.3 talks about when they ask, you know, when they cry out for peace and safety, certain destruction will come upon them. And I thought it was interesting that the UN International Day of Peace, that is the theme for 2017. That is what we saw and what they actually were talking about. So, Matthew, I'll I'll go and hand it back over to you, man, and uh, see what you got your take on that, man. Oh my goodness, that was a plate full. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, how this is how we roll. And the problem is, is that the majority of the people in the structured, well, you know, let's just call it what it is, I guess. The majority of the people that occupy the institutionalized churches, uh, they're all on board with this, lock, stock, and barrel. Are you? That's, That's the real question, are you? Many of you is going to get up and go to church tomorrow. Have you read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 yet? Is there anyone in that institution that you would write a letter just like that one? Oh, I don't know. To your mother. Tell me, when you go on vacation... Actually, many of you are probably on vacation right now, listening from your $250,000 RVs. When you go to a church tomorrow, you're going to be welcomed guests, aren't you? Ah, oh, yes, because you're going to walk in with suit, tie, and sash. Wearing your finest high heels, aren't you? Are you going to be able to describe to those people your family as detailed? Well, God recorded in Second Corinthians chapter 7. <clears throat> I bet that hurts, doesn't it? But of course, some of you Believing as you do, you probably just lie, don't you? I wonder how that's going to work out for you. I really do. I really do. You know, 
Location's always been half the fight, hasn't it? I mean, don't you all realize that the five wise virgins, they already knew the end of the matter. But they were as innocent as doves and as shrewd as snakes, weren't they? See, because the wise virgins, they didn't get in a huddle and they didn't gossip. What did they do? They all looked at each other. Then they looked at the five foolish virgins, looked down at their little huddle because, you know, they were all gathered around gossiping. Ah, yes. Perhaps they were all talking about the Monday night football game. Why they were gabbing, bragging about their exploits. The wise virgins didn't say a word. They just looked down and they realized they didn't bring any extra oil. And the wise virgins just looked at each other. Now, didn't they? When it was always within their power to speak then. But of course, nothing could be said. They were all virgins. They all had a job to do. Simply light the path for the bridegroom. But then the darkness fell. The first lamp went out in the little huddle. They probably didn't even notice, did they? But ah yes, third time's a charm. I'm sure by the time the third lamp went out, the gossiping quieted down. It's probably the changing of the guard that caught their attention. Yeah. Probably about the end of the second watch. Ah, yes. Been elected? Been chosen for the job? They was all found to be quite qualified to execute a very simple task. Like... The path. What was to be said from the wise virgins? Had they not received the same instructions? Had they not been afforded the same privileges? But then here he came. And what amazes me, since I was a child, it amazed me they ran the wrong way. They couldn't get out in the procession and light the path. Instead, they turned tails and ran the other way. Ah, yes, to the merchants. 
I know them. I know that word in both Hebrew and Greek. Ah, oh, yes, I do. Matter of fact, it immediately brings to mind something that I reminded all of you about not too long ago. But you can't see it in English, can you? That's right. It's not afforded unto you in the KJV, is it? Ah, yes. Freshen my memory since I was a teenager. Remember the first time I wrote it in Greek, actually? I remembered where I'd seen that word before, and it caught my attention, so the Lord tugged at me to go look at it, but... Well... I'll remind you one more time. The merchants of the earth will also weep and mourn for her, because... No one anymore buyeth their merchandise. <clears throat> I can see that in Greek. I know exactly what he's talking about. See, that's a compound word. And that compound word is not what the Strong's is telling you, because that tells you, well, that's actually made up of G1722, I think. Ain't. It is, but it ain't, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you have to actually be able to see it, tear it apart for yourself. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls. Cotton and purple and silk and scarlet. And every sort of odoriferous wood and various wares and ivory. And the most precious wood and a brass and iron and marble. And cinnamon, frankincense, and myrrh. And incense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat, cattle. Sheep and horses. Chariots. And the souls of men. I know that word. Mm hmm. Surely I do. Because you cannot read Second Peter chapter 2 without it smacking you right smack dab in the face. But I appreciate what the King James Version says there. It does say it right in this instance that. Uh, these um, false teachers, however you want to put it, they make merchandise of you. Do you know what that is in the Greek? You probably ought to take a second look at it. You really don't know, do you? Even though you run around saying that you're an expert in Bible prophecy, for 20 years or more, you say, you just puke that crap out of your mouth. Explain something to you. Very simply. That word there that they're telling you about. Uh, you know, should I say it or shouldn't I? <laughs> because if I don't say it, you're not going to know it. I don't know whether that's good or bad. Man, I can't twist your arm. I can't force you to look at it. And I guess if you really cared about what God actually said, this conversation would be redundant, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it would be. New America's Standard Bible, and their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is idle. Yada, 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 yada. Yada, 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 yada. First verse, KJV. But uh, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Do you have any remote clue what that is? You don't, do you? You have no idea what God actually said with his mouth. I will say this. I mean, you can use that word for heresy, but actually it uh, means sect. You probably don't realize what I'm trying to say, do you? Because you have no clue what Second Peter chapter 2. Ladies and gentlemen, it's trying to tell you that these same people they're making merchandise of you by dividing you into sex as in s e c t ah yes today's a good day to talk about these sex isn't it I mean, we got somebody in the posse tonight that said, you know, he was hoping for the rapture. I appreciate that, and I appreciate him. And we're both worried about you. You don't even realize… What it is that's happened to you. You don't even realize that what God actually said, he actually told you thousands of years ago in the Greek how exactly they were going to make merchandise of you. But you didn't listen and you didn't care because you never believed it in the first place, did you? Man, I'll ask you all this question before. When Brian met me, was he an expert in Greek? No. Nope. He could surefire read Greek dictionaries, though, in English. It was amazing the progress he made. He was running too fast to the Lord his God to flinch. It bothers me that I witnessed it. I played part to the whole thing, and I realized that he wasn't doing it because he was worried and concerned about himself. He was worried and concerned about his loved ones. But I guess that's when you run the fastest, ladies and gentlemen, is when you're running for somebody else. Amen? 
You are listening to the End Time Tribune. Our break this week will be a continuation into our excursion into the word of the Lord given to Job. This week is 9 minutes and 56 seconds long. Job chapter 34 through 37. Let me just add another trick question. How did they call that in Sunday school? Oh, yes, I remember Sister Bottoms. It was a pop quiz. What is, can you tell me one thing off the top of your head that's in either Job 34, 35, 36, or 37 right now? Just one thing. Hmm. That's too bad, because I bet a lot of you know exactly what the new features of the iPhone 8 is. Right? I don't know. I could be wrong, but what I say is not important anyway. Now, what the Lord my God said in Job, now that's worth listening to. The Book of Job, Chapter 34. Furthermore, Elihu answered and said, Hear my words, O ye wise men, and give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. For the ear trieth words, as the mouth tasteth meat. Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job hath said, I am righteous, and God hath taken away my judgment. Should I lie against my right, my wound is incurable without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinketh up scorning like water, which goeth in company with the workers of iniquity, and walketh with wicked men? For he hath said, It profiteth a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man shall he render unto him, and cause every man to find according to his ways. Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Who hath given him a charge over the earth, or who hath disposed the whole world? If he set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto dust. If now thou hast understanding, hear this, hearken to the voice of my word. Shall even he that hateth right govern? And wilt thou condemn him that is most just? Is it fit to say to a king, Thou art wicked, and to princes, Ye are ungodly? How much less to him that accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his going. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he will not lay upon man more than right, that he should enter into judgment with God. He shall break in pieces mighty men without number, and set others in their stead. Therefore he knoweth their works, and he overturneth them in the night, so that they are destroyed. He striketh them as wicked men in the open sight of others, because they turned back from him, and would not consider any of his ways. So that they caused the cry of the poor to come unto him, and he heareth the cry of the afflicted. When he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hideth his face, who then can behold him, whether it be done against a nation or against a man only, that the hypocrite reign not, lest the people be ensnared? 
Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement, I will not offend any more. That which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. Should it be according to thy mind? He will recompense it, whether thou refuse or whether thou choose, and not I. Therefore, speak what thou knowest. Let men of understanding tell me, and let a wise man hearken unto me. Job hath spoken without knowledge, and his words were without wisdom. My desire is that Job may be tried unto the end because of his answers for wicked men. For he addeth rebellion unto his sin. He clappeth his hands among us, and multiplieth his words against God. Chapter 35 Elihu spake moreover, and said, Thinkest thou this to be right, that thou saidst, My righteousness is more than God's? For thou saidst, What advantage will it be unto thee? And what profit shall I have if I be cleansed from my sin? I will answer thee, and thy companions with thee. Look unto the heavens, and see, and behold the clouds, which are higher than thou. If thou sinnest, what doest thou against him? Or if thy transgressions be multiplied, what doest thou unto him? If thou be righteous, what givest thou him? Or what receiveth he of thine hand? Thy wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the son of man. By reason of the multitude of oppressions, they make the oppressed to cry. They cry out by reason of the arm of the mighty. But none saith, Where is God my maker, who giveth songs in the night, who teacheth us more than the beasts of the earth, and maketh us wiser than the fowls of heaven? There they cry, but none giveth answer, because of the pride of evil men. Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Although thou sayest, Thou shalt not see him, yet judgment is before him. Therefore trust thou in him. But now, because it is not so, he hath visited in his anger. Yet he knoweth it not in great extremity. Therefore doth Job open his mouth in vain, he multiplieth words without knowledge. Chapter 36 Elihu also proceeded and said, Suffer me a little, and I will show thee that I have yet to speak on God's behalf. I will fetch my knowledge from afar, and will ascribe righteousness to my Maker. But truly my words shall not be false. He that is perfect in knowledge is with thee. Behold, God is mighty, and despiseth not any. He is mighty in strength and wisdom. He preserveth not the life of the wicked, but giveth right to the poor. He withdraweth not his eyes from the righteous, but with kings are they on the throne. Yea, he doth establish them forever, and they are exalted. And if they be bound in fetters, and beholden in cords of affliction, then he showeth them their work and their transgressions that they have exceeded. He openeth also their ear to discipline and commandeth that they return from iniquity. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. But the hypocrites in heart heap up wrath. They cry not when he bindeth them. They die in youth and their life is among the unclean. He delivereth the poor in his affliction, and openeth their ears in oppression. Even so would he have removed thee out of the strait into a broad place, where there is no straightness. And that which should be set on thy table should be full of fatness. But thou hast fulfilled the judgment of the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold on thee. Because there is wrath, beware lest he take thee away with his stroke. Then a great ransom cannot deliver thee. Will he esteem thy riches? No not gold, nor all the forces of strength. Desire not the night when people are cut off in their place. Take heed, regard not iniquity, for this hast thou chosen rather than affliction. Behold, God exalteth by his power. Who teacheth like him? 
Who hath enjoined him his way? Or who can say, Thou hast wrought iniquity? Remember that thou magnify his work, which men behold. Every man may see it. Man may behold it afar off. Behold, God is great, and we know him not. Neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he maketh small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also, can any understand the spreadings of the clouds, or the noise of his tabernacle? Behold, he spreadeth his light upon it, and covereth the bottom of the sea. For by them judgeth he the people. He giveth meat in abundance. With clouds he covereth the light, and commandeth it not to shine by the cloud that cometh betwixt. The noise thereof showeth concerning it, the cattle also concerning the vapor. Chapter 37 At this also my heart trembleth, and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice, and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it unto the whole heaven, and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. For he saith to the snow, Be thou on the earth. Likewise to the small rain, and to the great rain of his strength. He sealeth up the hand of every man, that all men may know his work. Then the beasts go into dens, and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. By the breath of God frost is given, and the breadth of the waters is straightened. Also, by watering, he wearieth the thick cloud, he scattereth his bright cloud, and it is turned round about by his counsels, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world and the earth. He causeth it to come, whether for correction, or for his land, or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Dost thou know when God disposed them, and caused the light of his cloud to shine? Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge? How thy garments are warm, when he quieteth the earth by the south wind? Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong and as a molten looking glass? Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Shall it be told him that I speak? If a man speak, surely he shall be swallowed up. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passeth and cleanseth them. Fair weather cometh out of the north. With God is terrible majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Men do therefore fear him. He respecteth not any that are wise of heart. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the End Time Tribune. It is an honor and privilege that the three of us, Clinton, Brian, and myself, can serve the Lord our God the best humble way that we can. Did you all catch that? Ah, boy. I'm sure that uh, our longtime listeners heard it indeed there in Job. Let me just talk a little bit about this. I'm just provoked. Let the Lord lead me where he sees fit. Job chapter 36, we'll start in verse 26. Let's think about this cloud. 
this super Levitic event, shall we say. He starts it off perfectly. He starts it off actually in in, in Hebrew and Greek, he says the exact same thing. Uh, absolutely amazing what, what he says here. I mean, this verse is so important, yet nobody talks about it. And everybody will run around and say that, well, even Jesus don't know the day or the hour and not have a clue what they're talking about because they don't believe it. They never believed it. Let's do the whole stanza. Job chapter 26, uh, verse 24, prophetically speaking about the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. Ah, yes. Kicks us off our 23.4 degree axis and drags us kicking and screaming back to the days of Noah. Verse 24. Remember that thou magnify his work, which men behold. Every man may see it. Men may behold it afar off. Ah, yes. Immediately my mind goes directly where it should. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the diatribe there in Isaiah chapter 24 where Lottie Dottie, everybody has a Salah moment. Same exact thing that he says during the sixth seal event in Revelation chapter 6. Everybody has a Salah moment. I know exactly what he's talking about. And and. And I love this. I love what I love what he went through to give me this message in two languages. It's it's amazing. But behold, God is great, and we know him not. Neither can the number of his years be searched out. Now why did he say that? Well, because he already knew when this happened to Job and when these things were said. He knew that everybody was going to run around talking about, well, Jesus don't even know the day or hour, of course. As we're talking about the next divine incursion, it ain't going to be Jesus. It's going to be God the Father. But anyway, for he maketh small the drops of water, and they pour down rain according to vapor thereof. Here we go, this super wave. Which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. I love that in Hebrew, by the way. No, really. I'm sorry. Um, Once again, I'm proving myself to be an idiot. Let's, Let's just read it. Verse 29, I love this. Why on earth would he say that he covers himself in a sukkah? What you all call a... Tabernacle, a booth, you know, the Feast of Tabernacles, yeah, it's a sukkah. But anyway, uh, verse 26, uh, KJV. Also, can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? <laughs> he just come right out and told you. Well, he, he already said that he's going to ride the cloud to Mount Paran. He's talking about a super wave. Uh, verse 30, behold, he spreadeth his light upon it and covereth the bottom of the sea. Why does he do this? Well, he's going to tell you. Verse 31, for by them he judgeth he, the people. He giveth meat in abundance. With clouds he covereth the light. 
that all you physicists? You should have. And commandeth it not to shine by the cloud that cometh betwixt. The noise thereof showeth concerning it. Now, this is what's a trip. That nobody knows who's going to know first, but he's getting ready to give you a sign you can watch for because there's going to be a massive anomaly. Even the people that oh, – I'm not even going to mention that. Entertainment industry, but it is in the entertainment industry. Uh, verse 33. The noise thereof showeth concerning it the cattle also concerning the vapor. Did you catch that? Did you see that? I mean, I appreciate the KJV here uh, putting in their cattle, um, you know, which is good because it's exactly what um, the New American Standard Bible says is, is cattle and yada, 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 yada. But that's really not what God said. I know what God said. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's wonderful to me. Well, let's just, let's just switch it over and see what God uh, said in the Greek. This is from the Thompson. The Lord will warn his friend that there's a portion also for injustice, therefore. <laughs> I like that. But in this particular case, Britain did – well, yeah, I agree with the Britain closer than I do Thompson on this, and I'll give it to you in that just for comical context, shall we? Uh, Job chapter 36, verse 33 from the Britain translation of the Septuagint. The Lord will declare concerning this to his friend, uh, but there is a portion also for unrighteousness. See how completely different? Well, no, not different. It amazes me how most people don't know that there's an infinite amount of ways to write one equation. I mean, let's say… Oh, I don't know. Six plus six is 12, right? Is that the only way you can get 12? With multiple equations, you can get all the integers. It's called factoring. But it doesn't matter because most of you don't believe it anyway, do you? So I'm wasting my breath. But I do have faith in this, that my brother Bry is not going to waste his breath, even though I have abundantly done so this evening. So, uh, Brian, why don't you comment on uh, Clinton's diatribe uh, if you'd like to, or certainly uh, edit and or correct anything I've said out of place or out of line, uh, and then uh, go right into your new spill. So, Bry, you got the saddle, buddy. Well, I think it's just going to be uh, jump right into this here. Uh, let's see here. Like I brought up at the beginning of the program… And, you know, Clinton kind of pointed this out, and it would be the most apt way to say it, that Trump almost sounded like a madman at the U.N. That was pretty much a vast majority of different uh, commentators on the topic had, for the most part, the same thing to say. And basically here, uh, pulling this from an article that came out from Pepe Escobar earlier in the week that's in the AT Times called Unmasked, the Trump Doctrine Vows Carnage for New Axis of Evil. Well, here we go. The Trump Doctrine has finally announced a new axis of evil delineated. 
The winners are North Korea, Iran, and Venezuela. Syria under Assad is a sort of mini-evil, and so is Cuba. Crucially, Ukraine and the South China Sea only got a fleeting mention from Trump with no blunt accusations against Russia and China. That may reflect at least some real politic with Russia-China, strategic partnership at the heart of the BRICS bloc and Shanghai Cooperation Organization. There's no possible solution to the Korean Peninsula standoff. In this epic battle of the righteous many against the wicked few, with the U.S. described as a compassionate nation that wants harmony and friendship, not conflict and strife, it's a bit of a stretch to have Islamic State portrayed as being not remotely as evil as North Korea or Iran, which got only a few paragraphs. Yes, folks, righteous many, wicked few. United States, compassionate nation that wants harmony and friendship. Oh, did I mention? Yes, the multi-billion dollar um, expansion of defense spending was passed through this week with very few senators standing against it whatsoever. So, yes, we are looking for harmony and friendship with, at the point of a gun. Now, to take this up a notch on top of it as well, Venezuela. Further down in this article, the stakes in Venezuela are extremely high. In early November, Brazilian and American forces will be deployed in a joint military exercise in the Amazon rainforest at the Troy border between Peru, Brazil, and Colombia. Call it a rehearsal for regime change in Venezuela. South America could well turn into the new Afghanistan, a consequence that flows from Trump's assertion that a major portion of the world are in conflict, and in fact, some are going to hell. Oh, boy. And herein lies the problem as well. It's become full well apparent to most other nations within the world that with this Iran circumstance here with the nuclear deal, which on top of it, Netanyahu railed at as well at the UN meeting quite extensively. And if America can break that deal, that means that, well, why would North Korea want to come and sit down at the table with the United States to make a deal as well when they know full well that, well, America can just do whatever they want and break it whenever they want. So why bother? Sounds about right. Well, let's see here. We had on top of it, Kurdistan. Iran threatens border closing, canceling of security agreements if Kurdistan holds referendum. Iraq also basically pulled out delegate members, uh, stated uh, emphatically that they are standing against the uh, Kurdish referendum, and Turkey has already began to attempt to put sanctions into place. And a big one here, folks, that I told everybody to keep an eye out for as of last week when they blatantly put in broad daylight that be uh, forewarned that the CIA is going to go back into its paramilitary actions. You would think that this story that was reported in Russia Insider was, well, nonsense. We can look the other way if it wasn't for the article that was released before it. 
This is out of AP News. Russia warns U.S. says special forces helping Syrian troops. A stern Russian warning Thursday against targeting its special forces in eastern Syria heightened concerns over direct clashes between rival Moscow and Washington-backed forces fighting for the energy wealth to be found among the Islamic State group's shrinking domain. And what happened earlier in the week? U.S. Secret Services tried to nab 29 Russians, troops in Syria. And as this article states, excuse the uh, language, but got their butts kicked. Now, this is something you won't see on NBC Nightly News. The Russian military spokesman in this briefing, General Dosky, in a matter of fact, deadpan explains the U.S. Secret Services and their Al-Qaeda proxies had a very, very bad day yesterday. Americans love bombing small defenseless countries into the Stone Age. It's part of their culture, like baseball, apple pie, and morbid obesity. One of the things they never do, however, is pick on a country that can fight back. Nonetheless here, yes, folks, they attempted to attack, and they broke a no-fire zone, came in and attacked the Russians using al-Qaeda-backed terrorists. Sound familiar? And... Turns out on top of it that there was multiple confirmations throughout the week that this indeed did happen. So this was a twofold article, and you can look into that on your own, everybody. Interesting little opinion piece came out of uh, the Turkish news site DailySabah.com, EU-US war escalating. It is necessary to remind Germany, which will have its general elections this weekend, Its trade war with the U.S. will escalate. It would have been more beneficial for their close future if German politicians mulled over why the trade war between the EU and the U.S. is climbing or tried to understand the codes of Britain's Brexit decision instead of messing with Turkey. It is highly likely that the operation against Turkey carried out over the Zareb case will apply to European firms in short term which will most probably happen. Remembering that the process that began with the U.S. finding German automotive giant Volkswagen over the emission scandal was followed by the European Union's fine on Apple for its special tax deal with Ireland, to which the U.S. very firmly responded and claimed that it is due to Volkswagen. It would be better for German politicians to put the U.S. in particular on their agenda regarding economic political and military relations that are getting tenser instead of focusing on Turkey. The first of the last two developments that escalated the war was the 2.42 billion euros that the EU fined Google. Extra fines worth 5% of the alphabet daily global turnover could arise if Google's said manipulation of Google's search results does not cease in 90 days. The US's response was to to this blow was a finding Deutsche Bank 14 billion euros. EU Commissioner for uh, Competition, Marguerite Fessinger, in return threatened 185 U.S. CEOs that they will investigate them too. The American business world, on the other hand, stated that they would uh, retract their investments in the EU. 
Experts indicated that Apple is just the first front line, while McDonald's, Amazon, Starbucks, and Fiat Chrysler can be ex- also be exposed to similar fines. EU-U.S. tension, according to Euronews, has spread to other areas, according to the Balkan Investigative Reporting Network and Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project reports. The Pentagon is sending tons of weapons to militants against Daesh in Syria through military bases in Germany and that there is forgery in official records on these weapons. The Pentagon has budgeted $584 million for weapon aid to the Syrian rebels and $900 million toward the program to buy Soviet-manufactured weapons. The operation is run through the U.S. Special Operations Command and New Jersey-centered weapon storage firm, Picante Arsenal. Let's closely read the background of German politicians' animosity against Turkey and the rising EU-U.S. tension. So once again, we seem to be doing covert things in the background, stirring up trouble. Then on top of it this week, first we had the IDF struck targets on Lebanon-Syria border after downing a Hezbollah drone. Then on top of it, they turned around and struck Damascus this week as another uh, state was another Hezbollah base and weapon movements through that area. And like I said before, Netanyahu to the UN. Change the ideal Iran deal. Cancel it, fix it, or nix it. I brought that up just a moment ago. Yep, and like I said before, Turkey Security Council discusses sanctions on Kurdistan over referendum. And let's see here. Iran unveils a ballistic missile that can hit Israel in military parade in the Middle East, and there was on top of it a massive test of this uh, weapon here. And now, UN tensions flared uh, against Pakistan this week here, and we had India and Afghanistan both sharply criticized and attacked Pakistan after their comments were made at the UN meeting due to the fact that it's been sort of pointed out that Pakistan has had its hand in the terrorist organizations that have been moving through Afghanistan with Taliban. And for years on end, the Western world has just looked the other way. Sort of goes with, um, you know, pointing out that Iran is the... uh, chief movement of all terrorism while we look the other way with the Wahhabi and Salafi terror organizations that come through Saudi Arabia. Hmm. What else do we have here? U.S. ready to support Ukraine through military and technical cooperation. Ukrainian president has said that the U.S. is ready to support the Ukraine in the field of military and technical cooperation. Oh, boy. So we can see there that that whole circumstance is getting ready to flare up all over again. (coughs) Had this was released yesterday, new Israeli closure at Al-Aska escalates tension. 
Ramallah in the West Bank in a closed meeting on September 14th. The Jerusalem religious authorities, which consist of four Islamic institutions, warned that measures will be taken in protest against Israel in case the latter does not retract its decision to close down the Bab al-Rama building inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque and to bring the Islamic religious endowments before the Israeli court, considering it to be a terrorist organization. So this could end up flaring up tensions once again there at the Temple Mount. And I already covered that article, so I had that up twice, apparently. This is a rather big one, too. Iran tries to reconcile Syria and Hamas rebuilding alliances. Now, everybody, you have to understand that the outbreak of the Syrian civil war, Hamas had broken off ties with the Assad regime, and now Iran is back at trying to restore these uh, connections between the two. So this is one of those stories that's a little bit on the important side to keep an eye on. At the same time, um, Abbas's Fatah, or the Palestinian uh, Liberation Organization, and Hamas, on top of it, basically reconciled ties this week. So, once again, this is a bit of an important move. And in light of what we talked about last week with the bill that was pushed through in Israel for the annexation of the West Bank, you have these two blocks basically aligned with each other once again. This can lead nowhere good fast. Now, on top of it, we've got threats coming out of um, Syria to retake um, the Golan Heights from Israel as well, and this is causing even more tension to build between Syria, Iran, obviously, and Israel. And let's see, what else do we have here? This just broke out today. U.S. warplanes fly off North Korea coast in new show of force, and we had a huge bomber and a fighter escort that came through very close to the... Uh, borderline between South Korea and North Korea here. So America's already rattling sabers, obviously, towards North Korea. And this could... It's hard telling where this whole North Korea situation is going to go because any move on North Korea is obviously going to cause great casualties to the people in South Korea as well. And this has been a tricky one. Nobody knows where in the world this is going to go. But with... Trump's continual threats, because that's all he does is seems to, well, between speeches at, say, the U.N. or randomly sitting at the table looking over the opiate um, problem in America and then threatening North Korea. No idea why he would do that in that same breath, but hey, I guess that's what happens. Where's this headed? Because all it's been is nothing but nonstop threats between these two leaders back and forth and back and forth as Trump goes into his tirades and just causing further and further tension. So who knows? But yep, here's the uh, article I brought up before. Syrian foreign minister at UN Israel AIDS terrorists will take back the Golan. Syrian foreign minister Walid Malim attacked Israel during a speech at the UN General Assembly on Saturday, repeating claims that Israel has been aiding the rebels fighting to overthrow the Assad regime. It gave various forms of support, money, equipment, weapons, means of communications, and even bombed 
Syrian army posts in eight of the terrorist plans, Moline charged. The unlimited Israeli aid to the terrorists does not surprise. They share interests and the goals. He added that those who think the crisis civil war can divert us by even a millimeter from our right to return to the occupied Golan are deluding themselves. And this came right out of Ynet News. And that's it as far as the news stories are concerned. We can bounce back and forth here now on other things that are going on. Hand it back over to you guys. Quentin, do you have uh, comments on uh, what Brian covered? Well, you know, I mean, he, he touched on quite a few different items, but he, he sparked me with uh, North Korea. Um, and, I, you know, I, there's one other thing that just recently came out that I, I didn't get a chance to talk about, which was um, basically the Trump administration is going to make it for any country or company that does business with North Korea is then going to have basically sanctions against them. We're not going to do business with those. Um, and it's, it's kind of the tactic that, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia is trying to use on Qatar, you know, that basically, you know, we're going to shut off your country. You can't get anything into the country. Um, and, uh, we're going to just starve you to death like we did in Yemen. Um, and so that's, it seems like that's what the plan is with North Korea is just, just to shut off all the food, shut off all the money coming in shut off everything and then just starve the people. Um, China has come out, you know, kind of in, in favor a little bit, but they're kind of, it seems like they're, they're kind of on a razor thin uh, stance as well, because the, the first round of sanctions that the Trump administration came out with, they got Russia and China both to sign off on them. And they were basically just nothing. They, they were not very powerful at all. And then the very next day after signing the sanctions, the Trump administration comes out or Trump comes out and says, China, if you go against these sanctions, you know, bad things are going to happen to you. And then, boom, we get, you know, they're, we're going to put on these massive sanctions on them and on any country or company that does any kind of business with North Korea. Um, it's, it's a different war tactic. You know, it's, it's basically, oh, you want to threaten me? I'm just going to starve you. I'm just going to starve your people. Um, and, and that, this, this kind of lack of better term, this ruthless kind of nature is, is what we are, you know, maybe going to become accustomed to. Um, because I mean, this, I, I doubt that this is the only country that this tactic is going to be used on because we've seen it happen in Yemen and we've seen it happen in, in Qatar. Um, on another aspect with Qatar is, is we had talked about how the Al Jazeera news network, uh, was being attacked in uh, Qatar, how they were trying to shut it down. And, I mean, the Saudis were trying to shut it down. Even Israel came out saying that they didn't necessarily want the Al Jazeera News Network uh, to be in functioning in, in the Middle East, uh, releasing the news that they are. Um, so then it comes out that uh, Bloomberg uh, just signed a 10-year deal um, with the, the Saudis to create a news network um, in Arabic, out of Saudi Arabia. So basically it's going to be a 24 hour news channel. It's going to have radio. It's going to have digital. It's going to have Bloomberg business uh, in Arabic. Um, basically. So the Saudis will take over where Al Jazeera news network is the, 
so they can control the information. They can control what the people in the Middle East are actually going to hear, what they're going to see, what they're going to witness. Um, and so this attack on information is just going to get, you know, crazier because we're seeing new, new ones come up there. Another aspect of things um, is Putin came out that says within the next year, all of the um, seaports going into Russia are no longer going to use the U.S. dollar. Like, you will not be able to trade with the U.S. dollar to go into Russian ports. So, I mean, we've talked about the decline of the petrodollar, and we've seen how Venezuela um, on the 15th uh, did not make their interest payment. They are in a 30-day grace period um, until basically they're, uh, they're in trouble because they didn't pay their bills. Um, and they're like, yeah, well, we don't plan on using the dollar anyhow. We're going to go do business with China. And then we have Russia that says, well, by, you know, in a, by the end of the year, by next year, um, we're not going to use the dollar to go into Russian seaports. So everything is kind of just growing and stemming from there. So uh, that's my little tidbit, but I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew. Well, I like – like I think I said before, if I didn't say it before, I should have. I was thinking it. Um, the people of Venezuela just need to go seize their oil, okay? And um, shut off all the spigots and tell the people that was taking that oil or purchasing that oil to pay off, uh, you know, make their loan payments for them. And um, everything will be hunky-dory. No, really, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Venezuelans' people oil. You you didn't know that? Well, yeah, it is. So um, all this could be over if just somebody would stand up and lead the actual Venezuelan people. But, you know, it, it's just... Insanity to me that uh, I had no idea that Putin said that uh, Russia is going to stop taking the U.S. dollar at all of their ports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you should realize why he said that. It was what he didn't say that was important. What's the Shanghai Corporation that Brian mentioned? That's the new Silk Road. Okay. They've changed the name to One Belt, One Road. But Putin knows full well what all of his ports are going to accept as currency and exchange. Me and Brian have done complete shows on it now. I mean, I think I think actually those were done on YouTube. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, that's what Putin really said. That That's what he meant. And I'm sure that whatever we got was highly edited. But that's what he meant. Russia is going to be a part of the One Belt, One Road, and that is going to operate just like Brian described it to you. Wait and see. Just hold your breath. Wait and see. It, it's going to happen. So none of that's surprising to me. Surprising to me that I'm already getting private messages because I just decided to <laughs> check my – Facebook group uh, page, and I received six messages already that people were just freaking out. I mean, as if they'd never 
read Job chapter 36 before. It was right there about God's, uh, well, time. Why you can't know the day or the hour. I mean, just by him saying that, it's telling you what is the next divine incursion into creation. It's the great day of you set upon the throne, not Jesus. <laughs> and they were all kind of upset. I mean, the one was in Spanish, so I, I kind of had to, you know, secondhand do do some because I can't. I don't know Spanish, but get it over to the translator and kind of work it out. But it was pretty evident that that all of them were pretty upset that I'd never shared that before. And that was just random. I can do that all day long. I mean, Brian and I have had hundreds of conversations in the beginning where I just randomly start talking about it, assuming that Brian knew, knew what I was talking about. He's like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? So, it's good that I'm getting messages like that because those are real questions. Those are really important. I mean, if you think that that was the only time that God said anything about the day or the hour… Concerning time with God the Father? Well, you're daft. I mean, he talks about it all the time. It's just, well, when you don't believe it, how can you know it? How can you have heard it? There's no way. No way for you to understand it. You never believed it anyway. Right? So uh, it doesn't surprise me where this is going, but I, I guess we should take some time uh, to talk about this uh, celestial sign. Now I get a kick out of uh, – Brian's going to be pretty mad at me, but this is from Fox News. But uh, here's the previous one um, from Fox News talking about uh, this sign. This was released on uh, – yeah, let me find a date here. Um, that's odd. Why would this article from Fox News not have a date? It just says one day ago. Uh, this is the headline, Could the World Come to an End? And this is an article written, but uh, then uh, today they come out with this. A doomsday is not on Saturday after all, writer says, after predicting the end of the world. Um, absolutely amazing that uh, he goes in here and... and he starts out his diatribe uh, – well, I mean with the only way he probably knows how with a lie. This is a direct quote from him. NASA has repeatedly said Planet X does not exist. Really? Really? Um, we've actually got a fantastic amount of information on it, especially from the professors at Caltech, but you know that's, that's beside the point. Um, it's all over the NASA website. Uh, just go to the NASA website, look at uh, – Jupiter's Grand Tax all over there. The Nice model, it's all over there, uh, just so you all know. Um, the fifth gas giant, they know it. They're looking for it, and they've already ascertained as to why they can't see it. Um, matter of fact, that was going to be part of my news diatribe, but uh, they found another pitch black planet, and guess what? <laughs> yep, it's a Jupiter, and it doesn't reflect anything. Pitch black. So there's no way to see it because its libido is so low. It doesn't reflect any light that hits it. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, uh, we've got over, what, uh, 
300 asteroids uh, that's on the same orbital inclination as this object. NASA's talked about it repeatedly. So anyway, uh, I know this, this is from Fox News, uh, but what's you all's thoughts on this? Uh, because, of course, he has to backtrack. No way around it. Uh, this joker. Well, they're all jokers. Uh, but anyway, um, let's get your thoughts on uh, this. Let's let's take Brian first. What's your thoughts on on this being really propped up in the news tonight? This uh, celestial sign and how well, especially that uh, the moon hid those three additional wandering stars there along the ecliptic this week. Nobody said a word to that till I posted the information on it. But anyway. Brian, what, what's your thoughts on that? Because um, my feelings are the general population is probably getting pretty tired of these people screaming rapture and it not happening. Um, I'm sure it's frustrating everybody by now, but what's your thoughts on uh, Fox News giving this uh, so much coverage? What What's your thoughts on that, Brian? Well, I mean, it didn't exactly start with Fox News. We had several of the... Uh... Oh, what the heck do you call those uh, tabloid sites out of Britain, the Sun, and uh, what are a few of the other ones? Um, you know, sites that were giving that a lot of press earlier on, and then of course Fox News went and picked it up here in the last uh, couple of weeks, and they kept pulling from this one guy's website that uh, once again wrote one of your infamous. Uh, Books, and then he's working with a whole group of quote-unquote scholars, and you find out, lo and behold, one of the biggest knuckleheads in the um, the infamous Planet X disaster group, Terrell's right there in the mix. Um, you know, his last prediction was back in 2012. He had everybody running uh, out to the somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was. He was telling everybody hide out inside the mountains because Planet X is coming. It was a great big, huge fiasco when it all broke out. And, you know, a lot of information came out about that guy back then. And, you know, it didn't take long, as they always do. We just waited a little bit and then, once again, rose right up to the forefront. So, you know, when you see him tied in with this other guy that's being mentioned all over the media, you really got to shake your head. But, I mean, I even had a knucklehead here um, locally that has been a bit of a, well, somebody I consider to be a bit of a problem when they're operating right in my neck of the woods and telling people emphatically posting on his Facebook that the rapture was going to be on the 25th, and he can emphatically say that. It just gets frustrating after a while. But, I mean, how many times now have we had these big uh, these big wig uh, ministers that come out now and said that the rapture was going to be at this point and at this point and at this point? It doesn't happen. They get away with it, and then five minutes later, they release a new book. I mean, one of our our favorite ones who we've brought up many times over and over again is last time around. He pulled this stunt. Now he released a new book with the uh, eclipse that came up here, and he's tying in a tsunami and an earthquake, which I have yet to see a tsunami happen. And, yes, we've had several earthquakes happen here in South America, and that's, I guess one thing we should point out is Mexico has gotten hit multiple times now this week um, in the last actually two weeks because we had a great big one happen uh, last week. And then this week, Mexico City was hit again and a whole a huge amount of people, 
died during that earthquake. Um, it hit a school. And then on top of it, we had another earthquake hit there today. And with it, the volcanic eruption started flaring up. So I find that rather troubling. But, yeah, I did see that article you brought up early in the week where they did find this uh, infamous uh, black gas giant. On top of it, I found its uh, orbital rotation around its sun rather um, interesting considering how close it is to that sun and it still manages to stay uh, black the entire time like this is rather mind-boggling when you consider its close approximation to the sun there. Right, which is the only reason why you can pick up the thermals on it. Uh, But you take that same exact planet, move it out, and of course it wouldn't uh, be underneath such heat, would it? And of course they said that what Brian's talking about, they said it was a day, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, if that's not a sign to you, I don't know what is. But let's post that same question because Brian brought up, well, yeah, it was in the tabloids. It wasn't just in the mainstream news. But, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Washington Post covered it on September the 17th. Okay, so Fox and the Washington Post, that's as mainstream as you can get. Um Clinton, what's your your thoughts on that? I, I mean, and let me just read you this. I don't know if you got a hold of this, Clinton, or not, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Washington Post, and the general public is tired of it, and they've gotten to the point of scoffing because this is the headline from the Washington Post: "The world as we know it is about to end again." If you believe this biblical doomsday claim. So, Clinton, it's obviously pretty obvious that – I mean this has been going on for – well, let, let's just do our history. We're really talking about how Lindsay, right? Because first he wrote a book and said it was going to be in 1980. Then he wrote another book and said it was going to be 1988. So by now, ladies and gentlemen, people are tired of it. And yes, uh, if you must know what he used to uh, – well, I already described it to you, didn't I? I read to you. I reminded you what Revelation said about the bartering that I shared with you, the opening verses of Second uh, Peter chapter 2, plainly describing to it how they're going to make merchandise of you. It's going to be by dividing you up into sects like a pre-trib. Okay, that's that's a sect. Um. People are getting tired of it, really tired of it. So, Clinton, your your thoughts on this coming up in the mainstream news in a negative light? You know, it's it's. Uh, I saw it everywhere. I, I saw so many articles, and I put them on Twitter um, talking about you know this date, and it, a lot of people were definite. They were like, "There's too many signs. There's too many things coming together. This is." exactly what the date is and and it everything just kept going back to the Mayan prophecy on December twenty first, two thousand twelve. And and the hoopla around that one too and how they talked that one up and and um after ever after the day came and passed, if anyone talked anything about a Mayan prophecy, like you were an idiot. You were crazy. You were you had no idea what you were talking about because it didn't come true. 
And the way that they were hyping it up with this sign, it, it makes me kind of worried that maybe they may do the same when it comes to Christianity. Well, hey, you know, you said that this is going to happen. It didn't happen. Obviously, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that that kind of disturbs me because I see that is exactly happening. I mean, people are getting they're getting tired of religion, period. I mean, if you if you look at Christians, they're like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because they're hypocrites and they're crazy and and they don't uh, you know help people out. They you know don't open their churches for floods. I mean, they don't do all these things. So why would I be a Christian? No, I don't want to be a a Muslim because see all the crazy things they do, or I, you know I don't want to be a Buddhist because they do all the crazy. So people are getting overwhelmed with religion. They're getting over overwhelmed with the media's portrayal of these items as well. And I think that what what the what what's happening is they're making people turn away from the faith for the sheer fact that they're overwhelmed with the faith, and and that. That's kind of my take on it. Let's talk about this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if Clinton um, saw the picture that I posted. Uh, I'm sure Brian did. Of course, I think I talked with Kim privately about it. I'm not, I'm not sure. Been in a whirlwind. But um, this year, 57, 78. Uh, that alphanumerical integer is in the scapegoat chapter four times in one verse. We all have to come to grips with this. The rabbinical literature, okay, specifically uh, Yamat 39b, states specifically that in 70 AD, when the scapegoat was sent out, it would return, and the scarlet ribbon around its neck would not have turned white. Massive heresy out there uh, proclaiming that uh, Christ is actually the scapegoat. No, he's the one for God. That's why the scapegoat is never mentioned. As you heard me talk about before, scapegoat is not mentioned in Hebrews. I talked about it. Um, you have to realize that in order for that to be carried out on a celestial scale, whether you like it or not, it's going to have to be like Jupiter, gas giant. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I, I miss, mentioned what NASA talked about before and the reason why they focused in on those 300 asteroids was because they're on the same axial tilt as the sun. You didn't know that? Oh my goodness, you didn't, did you? Because most people, even in academia, don't know that. The sun is not where the planets orbit. You naturally want to think, I mean you ask everyday people… And they'll say, well, the planets orbit around the sun's equator. No, it don't, because the sun has been tilted 7.25 degrees. NASA knows what we're dealing with, regardless of size, has to have the mass, well, of Jupiter. 
So with that in mind, uh, what are y'all thoughts about uh, this year? Five, seven, seven, eight. Being four times in one verse in Leviticus chapter 16. Um, Clinton, go first. What What's your thought? Does that do you think that has any significance whatsoever, or just doesn't matter, or it's um, a curiosity? Uh, what's your take? Well, I think at this point, uh, nothing is is not designed. Um, everything is is fitting into place. Um, the the fact that they, it shows up four times in one verse. Um, the fact that we have the jubilee that some people are saying that that is beginning from the 50 day, from 50 years from Israel's uh, Jerusalem's uh, reunification, we have this. You know, regardless of the rapture, we have the sign that appeared. We have the um, you know the planet Nibiru. We have the earthquakes, hurricanes. We have economic calamity. We have everything kind of coming together. And so the fact that this one specific year is pointed out four times to catch your attention, I don't think it's a coincidence. I do think it's, you know, something that is relevant, and that's why we are here talking to everyone that we're talking to is because we, we you know, we understand the, the time of the hour. We understand what time it is. All righty. Well, let's get uh, Brian's take on it. Um of course, everybody's heard me and Brian talk about this before, but um, – and I just talked about this recently, uh, the simple fact that Leviticus chapter uh, 16 is mentioned multiple times in Hebrews chapter 9. Yet it does not mention the scapegoat. Yet we know full well, Brian and I, you've, you know, we, we've talked about this, Brian, the simple fact that, uh, well, there's obviously a scapegoat in the book of Revelation because that's why Satan don't go to hell. No, ladies and gentlemen, what's not what the Bible says? <sighs> During the millennial reign of Christ, okay, Satan is by himself in the abyss because he got a scapegoat. He hands all his authority over to the beast from the abyss. So, uh, Brian, your your thoughts on this particular year coming up in Leviticus chapter sixteen four times in one verse? I mean. Uh, what's your thoughts on it, or are all these things irrelevant? And Jesus was the scapegoat. Your your thoughts, Bry? Well, this rolls right back around to essentially all this. It's flat out. We've had multiple warnings of what's coming down the barrel here. Uh, Clinton brought up the 2012 prophecy and how everybody would shake their heads if it was brought up after the fact, but it was rather ironic that nobody seemed to talk about the fact that the Mayan prophecies were pointing to the fact that we were entering into a dark time and things were about to get very bad for the entire planet, which they have. So, was the Mayan prophecy incorrect? No. Was people's inter interpretations incorrect? Yes. Do we have the same thing happen here with this sign? Their interpretations were definitely incorrect. And as we pointed out, you know, the 
The Greek points out it's going to be a wreath where we had our Uraeus crown appear this time with this sign. And once again, I was recently asked about this, and I stated it's a warning of what's coming. It's no different than like you bring up with Leviticus 16. Once again, we're being warned of what's coming down the barrel here. And to, you know, answer your question real fast, is Christ the scapegoat? No, absolutely not. Well, Brian, let's, let's, let's shoot this across everybody's path. Um, entering into a dark time, boy, the Maya had that right, ladies and gentlemen, because well, I've already mentioned it to you at the beginning of this program. Now we're in the descent into darkness. Whether you like it or not. This sign of the woman being issued a Urea crown. This marks off when the night begins to increase. Take note with the mindset about, you know, December 21st, December 12th. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize that that's when the sun is in the sign of the restrainer. That's from November 29th to, yeah, to the winter solstice. That's right when the sun is in the sign of the restrainer. And right at that particular time, it's of course right on that particular star in his – you'll just have to look at it to understand it. But uh, that's what's amazing to me is they didn't – you know, I mean… Ophiuchus, the sign of the restrainer, is in the is in the heavens, ladies and gentlemen, and it points out what the Maya were talking about, the descent to darkness. You didn't realize that that's when the solstice is. Or what you call uh, you know, the beginning of winter, whatever. Uh your thoughts on that aspect of it, Brian. Um and does anybody talk about this in the church that Really, uh, that date was pretty important, and where is that in the heavens exactly? And by the way, just so you all know up front, it was back in 2011 that Brian and I did a specific episode on this, and we shared that NASA had determined that the interstellar wind no longer blows from south of the ecliptic out of Sagittarius. It's gone north of the ecliptic, and now its origin is the sign of the restrainer. Just so you know, that was Brian and I that did that. Brian, you're… Your thoughts on all of this, and why is nobody talking about this, that that aspect of the Maya saying, uh, well, no, the world's not going to end. We're going to enter a dark time, and actually that was correct. Uh, your thoughts on that, Brian? I got up for a moment there. I had to go check and see what was going on in the living room, but uh, from what I caught, um, if you're talking about the Galactic Center, for instance – and uh, the Mayan prophecy, but I mean, one of the big things, and you brought up the uh, the wind at the ecliptic and all that, you know, one of the things we had told people back in 2012 is, you know, one of the things the Mayan were warning about was keep an eye on Venus and look for Venus to dawn its wings. And guess what happened? It did shortly thereafter. You had photos appearing through multiple astronomy sites showing full well that... Venus had done just that, that there was, it had dawned wings, and it was showing that appearance 
as it went through the heavens. So I'm not, like I said, I got up for a minute there, so I missed uh, exactly what it was you wanted me to answer. Well, no, that's that that that's good enough. You just reaffirmed the simple fact that uh, you'd already talked about this and and about what the Maya said. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Venus dons her wings any time what you call a coronal mass ejection is directed directly at Venus. Uh, it will get such a blast of wind that some of its uh, atmosphere will create a comet tail all over NASA. Uh, but didn't we do a specific show on when that happened, Brian? If I remember right, but I, I don't. I, I mean, I know it's been a few years back, but I thought we did it. I'm sure, we, we did. did a special broadcast. Yeah, I think we did. Um, and Clinton, what's what's your thoughts on this? I don't even know if 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 you know all of this stuff uh, about this is when the sun enters the sign of the restrainer. Uh, yada 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 yada. What's what's your thoughts on that? You know, I'm I'm uh, learning as I go, listening to you guys on this as well. Um, you know, I've been watching uh, you know the Black Star and Nerubu or whatever else you can name it, um, and its path coming in, and and it's just you know we haven't even touched on you know all the mass ejections coming from the sun and you guys hit on that so you know there's some speculation that some of this is coming from the destroyer coming from that planet uh, and the gravitational pull coming from it so you know i think that it just it fits into place you know with everything moving in this direction with the asteroids kind of following it as well or ahead of it and um you know this is the first i've heard of venus with uh with the wings that's just amazing to me though Well, yes. Um, too bad you can't go back and listen to that show. The account got got hacked. You know, whatever. Um, you're learning about it now. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just so you know, uh, this is straight from Caltech. Um, of course, it was all over the news. Uh, back, um, let's see. Yeah, it was October. Well, what's the date on this? Uh, October 19th last year, 2016. Um, this is the actual information. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Profs uh, Batjen and Brown. Um, they come right out and said uh, that, yeah, we know there's a celestial scapegoat um, because it must be why the sun. And this is the article right from – this is the title uh, uh because it says it all, Clinton. It says, Curious tilt of the sun traced to undiscovered planet. Um, it says right here, I'll just read to you the caption here. Um, planet 9 uh, uh, is depicted uh, towards the sun. The planet is thought to be gaseous, similar to Uranus and Neptune. Hypothetical lighting um, is lighting up this particular uh, pictorial representation of it. Um, but this is the facts, Clinton. I'm going to read straight to you what these profs um, – Stated and NASA backs up. Uh, Brown and Batchen's discovery of evidence that the sun is orbited by a yet unseen planet about 10 times the size of Earth and an orbit about 20 times farther out than the sun an average of Neptune's changes the physics. Planet 9, based on their calculations, appears to orbit about 30 degrees off from other planets' orbital plane. Now, let me translate that for you. It has the same tilt as the sun from the orbital plane. 
In the process, influence the orbit of the larger population of objects in the Kuiper belt, which is how Brown and Batjen uh, came to suspect a planet existed there in the first place. Well, uh, more recently, um, two other uh, people, uh, two other profs, what were they from? Uh, Arizona? Don't quote me on that. But just here a month ago, uh, they published that uh, they tracked uh, 30 of these asteroids, and um, they're all on the same orbital inclination as the sun, so they know it's there. Uh, they know what it is. They they know it's mass, but this is actually a lie. Um, they have no idea how big it is because they can't see it. Um, the point being is when they say 10 times the size of the Earth, they're also relating to its mass. They know what the mass must be uh, because – they can back calculate how much gravitational force it would have. So they're hoping it's something small and has a whole lot of iron in it. If you catch my grift, they're they're hoping it's not a large object because the uh, greater the mass, the smaller it would be. Uh, so uh, that kind of brings you up to speed. Of course, if you want to, uh, you can stroll over to. Uh, one of my blogs, uh, Clinton, uh, just uh, go over to uh, – uh, have I shared that publicly? Maybe I should ask Brian. I don't know. But uh, go to the sign of the son of man.wordpress.com, Clinton. Um, that's everything I'm working on. By the, by the way, I'm working on an article, um, but I've been out of town away from home and no Wi-Fi, so I haven't been able to work on it. Uh, let's see here. What is my post? I can bring it up. I'm working on a post right now for Clinton, which is directly uh, related uh, to this. Uh, the name, what I have named this uh, article, let me bring it up. I'm forgetting. Sorry. And we don't have to worry because we're in. Um, we have a premium account now, so we got like an hour in overdrive. We're not worrying about time. Uh, the curious tilt of the sun points to biblical planet mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> Something that, uh, here it is. Curious tilt of the sun traced to ninth planet mentioned in the Bible. That planet would, of course, uh, well, you can read the rest of the post, but I'll try to get that that done tomorrow just particularly for you, Clinton, um, so you can get up to speed on that. But, uh, well, uh, let's uh, change topics to whatever anybody wants to talk to. Uh, Clinton, are you wanting to talk about anything else before we close out the broadcast? I mean, it can it can be any uh, about anything. I don't care. You know, I just uh, I, I'm just kind of amazed on everything that's coming, and and just seeing the consciousness of people kind of waking up, and then um, you know, seeing the in essence the zombies that just are saying they don't want anything to do with it. They, you know, the people are just so wrapped up in their own lives, and they. They've bought into this culture of I only want good to come in and, you know, I don't want any bad to come into my brain and into myself. And then if I can control that, then I can control what happens in my life. And, and so they don't necessarily want to be told the truth. And, and I'm just kind of, I'm really concerned with as everything kind of develops that these, these people are just going to be completely blindsided with no warning whatsoever of what has come upon them. And it's just, it kind of disturbs me to, to see it. 
and I unfortunately I see it on a daily basis, but it just disturbs me to see it. Um, and so that that's just a little topic I wanted to bring up. Well, let's let's talk about that. Uh, Brian, have you seen more people um, wake up? I mean, we're we we brought this date up, so we might as well. I mean, we've got to have a point, an event horizon. Let's just say 2012. Brian, have you seen more people wake up since 2012? Because uh, personally, I haven't seen it myself, but it's possible. What's what's your thoughts? Around here, not even in the slightest. Not even remotely close, unfortunately. Well, um, we've talked about this privately before, Beth, about the amount of American correspondence has crashed. Um, I mean, it's, it's getting kind of rare that I get emails from Americans anymore. So I've seen actually the opposite to be true. Uh, so uh, – but this is what the Bible says is supposed to happen. Um, and I guess we can we can put that to Clinton. Um, Clinton, I'm under the impression that people are supposed to be caught completely off guard. Now, we're talking – Genesis to Revelation. Now, I, I could be wrong in that deduction. Uh, so that's a curious statement to me, you've said. So you're under the, the impression that uh, 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 most people are not going to be caught off guard. Is, is that what you're saying, I guess? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's it's disturbing to my soul to see it. And you know, I, I'm you know I'm always trying to be optimistic when it comes to you know people waking up or people seeing it or getting the message out or you know having people have some kind of understanding. And I'm I'm hopeful for that, but I also know that the majority are not going to be be able to see it. They're not going to want to see it, and they are going to get blindsided. Um, it's just disturbing in my soul to, to like truly see it with my own eyes and, and to know that that they just they just don't care. Yes, you're talking about something that's truly distur- you know disturbing. And I take it you're referring to people that by their own self proclamation are Christians. Yet isn't that an oxymoron, Clinton? I mean, are you referring to to Christians being awake or non-Christians being awake and just not caring? Can you please clarify that both. for me personally? Yeah, definitely both. I mean, you, you have a lot of people that are saying that they're Christians and that they believe, but then when you actually bring up like prophecy or you bring up revelations or you bring up the signs, like it's not talked about, like it's, it's still kind of a taboo topic in a lot of organizations, but then also the non-Christians, because I mean, you know, they're, they're valuable as well. Like they, their souls are valuable. And to, 
to even just try to present some information or try to talk about some of the events that are happening around the world or, or try to, you know, put any kind of enlightenment into their life and to see the, the blinders on and to see the glossy look and to just to see the, well, I don't care. You know, I, I just don't care. I just don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to consider it. It's, it's, it's just like, we know that they, they would be like this. We, we know that, that, you know, non-Christians would not care, that they would not even want to associate with it, that they would not even want to consider it. But then to physically see it is, is what I'm talking about. Definitely. It's one thing to read about it, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to read about it, and it's a whole other thing to having once read it, you see it. You know, well, let's let's talk about this. Um, I'm going to talk about it in a different light because it's going to take everybody by surprise. Matthew 10:22, you'll be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one that has endured to the end who will be saved. G5278. To stay behind, to wait, to endure. Matthew uh, 24.13 has this word. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Mm. Man. That hurts. Um, <laughs> I don't care what your religious persuasion is. That one hurts. Uh, Mark 13.13. Uh, 13. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Mm. Oh, that hurts. Mm. That just must tear the rapture sect to pieces. I mean, Brian, am I reading this wrong? Do I have this wrong? Did he not say that the one who endures to the end will be saved? Is is that not what he said or… I mean, maybe you can bring some clarity to me there, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's what he just said. So, so Brian, did he mean that the ones who endured to the end they would be saved? Is is is, is that what he meant? Do you think? I would think so. I mean, the third time's a charm, right? I mean, here we'll just read him again. KJV, right? I mean, that's a sect. Maybe they have it right. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Elizabethans had it correct. Um, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. No, that, that said the same thing. Uh, Matthew 24, 13, but he that endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Oh, man. The rapture sect must really get upset with that one because the KJV included the same shall be saved. Huh, that's that's kind of interesting. But perhaps Mark thirteen thirteen says it a little bit differently. Let's look and find out. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now 
The curious thing is that I know where that's at in the Old Testament. I'll just talk about one. Uh, we'll look at it in the Thompson translation of the Septuagint. There in uh, Zephaniah chapter uh, 3, verse 8. Not right off the top of my head. On that very account, wait thou for me, saith the Lord, until the day of my resurrection for a testimony. Boy, I bet that got your attention. Let me read that one more time because that's exactly what he meant, by the way. On that very account, wait thou for me, saith the Lord, until the day of my resurrection for a testimony. For this judgment of mine is for the assemblies of nations to admit kings to pour out all the fury of my wrath on them. For by the fire of my zeal all this land shall be utterly destroyed. That's that same exact word for endure. Well, maybe Britain has a little bit differently. I mean, we, we can try that. Therefore, wait upon me, saith the Lord, until the day when I rise up for a witness. Hmm. Is it rise up or is it resurrect in the Greek? I wonder if that's important. Anyway. Because my judgment shall be on the gatherings, the nations, to draw to me kings, to pour out upon them my fierce anger, for the earth shall be consumed with the fire of my jealousy. I know what he's talking about there. So, maybe I went too far. Uh, maybe I shared too much biblical information right then. I mean, it's, it is possible. Um, but having said that, to offer clarity, I need to bring up the other time where that word endureth is because it's pretty important concerning the people when this th these things happen. They're going to have to endure. You know, They'll be saved. But anyway, so I, I need to bring up because it is time critical. I mean, of course it's going to be, but I'll, I'll share one more time. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for a time. The vision is yet for a time to come. But it will spring up at the last and will not be in vain. Though he may tarry, wait for him, for he will assuredly come. And will not fail. Right there. If you need a hint, you ain't got a clue. Right there is that same exact word for endure. So, with that in mind, uh, I don't want to put Clinton on the spot, but Clinton, what's your thoughts on what Christ talked about that and these different sects that we have to deal with? Um... I mean, may, maybe Brian and I both have it wrong. Why did God say that the one who endureth to the end will be saved? I mean, he said that multiple times. Um, by all means, uh, let's, let's include the KJV-only sect. Um, what, what do you think it meant when he added that the same shall be saved? Clinton, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, he said what he what he meant. I mean, the the whole we we live in a, a society that wants to have only the good news and wants to be told only the good news, and that's why I think the pre tribulation rapture theory um, is so uh, so popular. 
is because people want to be told that they're special, that they're not going to have to go through any harsh times, that they're not going to have to go through, you know, the tribulation. Uh, but the scripture specifically says that you, for those that endure to the end, those that make it to the end, you know, those are the ones that rejoice and that they're tried by fire. They are, are, they are hardened for, and they've earned their status because of what they've gone through, not because of who they are. And I, I think our society is just trying to say, well, we are special because of who we are, because we have grace. Well, yeah, but the same token, we will be tried by fire. And that's how we will prove our worth. And that's, and that's what scripture exactly says, is those that endure to the end, those that make it all the way through, those, the, those that are tried by fire. And that is what we are supposed to strive for. The, the different sects, they can manipulate it or twist it or, or you know, do whatever they can to co- uh, collect ties you know, or to keep the congregation intact or to you know, get to more people to show up you know, just by telling them what they want. But scripture is scripture. And if it, if it says that we need to watch and we need to endure, then those are our instructions to watch and endure. And if we're not willing to do that or we think that we're special so we don't have to, then we're not reading the scripture for what it truly says. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Um, just let me say that in the beginning, Clinton. Um, I have repeatedly talked about the virgins in this broadcast, so let's just do this. You said we'd be tried by fire, but the flame was everything what the five wise and five foolish virgins were tried by. Ladies and gentlemen, you didn't see that? Let <laughs> The wise virgins, when a bridegroom showed up, they're the ones that, ladies and gentlemen, their lamps were on fire, but that fire was not for destruction. It was for lighting the path, and they had it very good. Now, the five foolish virgins that did not or had been tried by fire and was found wanting… They had it bad. Or am I wrong, Clinton? Am I seeing that wrong? That's the the story of the virgins. You know, and then you know, you also have the, the story of the um the weeds and the tear, you know, where it you know, the the weeds are burned first as well. So I mean it's 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 difficult and hard to kind of put them into perspective of which is which and which one is, uh, and that's why there's the different theories of the pre-trib and post-trib and, and everything else, and that's why there's such a debate on the different sects on which ones. Um, so, that's why I say that. Well, I mean, let's 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 bring this up, um, Clinton, I. I well, this sign, everybody brings up that it's the word rapture in 726, and they don't have a clue what it really says. It really doesn't say harpazo in Greek. It says irapushti. That word, uh, spelt that way, is in Acts 612, Clinton. 
and it's a relocation. Um, here's the verse. And we'll just, I mean, well, KJV. Let, let me flip it over to KJV. And when they were caught up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up Philip at the eunuch, saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at the Asatos, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. That's there, spelt with an ellipse on, and, well, it's what you would call an S and a Z. So it's actually starts out with an I in our language, Clinton. And it has the S in it, just exactly like Revelation 12.5. And it's plainly talking about a relocation. Your, your thoughts on that? You're getting a little deep on me, Matthew. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, Brian, your your thoughts on that? Well, it's as you said, it's a relocation, and we're going to be taken to a place prepared for us. So, I mean, that's sort of the gist of it. I mean, I've had to deal with over the years around here, anybody – well, the vast majority of these people around here are caught up in the infamous health, wealth, and prosperity which is also a direct correlation of the signs and wonders. And if you're going through any kind of trials whatsoever, according to their mindset, you're being attacked by Satan and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. trials are supposed to be part of what we go through. It's just that simple. And you know, I think we are to expect them and to be happy when they take place, to be quite honest. It's strengthening us for what's ahead. Well, I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. But, you know, you, you, you mentioned this health, wealth, and prosperity. Uh, you're actually talking about the people that, well, God kicks out in Matthew 22. Did I take everybody by surprise? I, I didn't mean to, but I mean, surely you all remember this. They went out and they gave everybody garments and everything was hunky-dory. You know, all these people have been invited and uh, everything was cool. Um, but, uh, you know, um, verse 7 and 8, uh, but when the king heard thereof, he was raw. And he sent forth his well. You can read it for yourself. Um, that there is is actually talking about the father. Okay. Um, verse twelve, and he saith unto him, Friend, uh, how comest thou in hither, uh, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. exactly what God's going to tell these health, wealth, and prosperity people. 
remember, I already said it, the king is God the Father in this instance. And he said the king to his servants, uh, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called uh, the few chosen. God don't give a flying rip what you're wearing. Does he? So that's irrelevant anyway, Brian. That's irrelevant. But we'll get that to that point. The rubber will hit the road. I mean, everything that God said, especially about himself, especially when he's made it perfectly clear that he's the one that's going to make the next appearance, everybody needs to take it to the bank. Uh, it's it's not some partial rapture lie. Actually, that's that's actually a lie. God never said that. I mean, I'm fluent in all of them. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. God never said that. Somebody said it, but it didn't come out of his mouth. He's quite plain what's going to happen on his day when he that sitteth upon the throne stands up. He's just had enough. Man, he's talked plenty about it, but... But that's kind of ignored. I mean... Well... I mean, let's take note where that particular form... In Revelation chapter 12 is in Ezekiel chapter 18 because it's there twice. It's in verse 12. I know where it's at. I mean, actually, I disagreed with Brother Webster on this when I was like 13 or 14. And oh my gosh, he struck me black and blue. But So I, I, I really know 12 and 16 of Ezekiel 18, Septuagint. He hath oppressed the poor, the needy hath spoiled by violence, and not restored the pledge. He hath lifted up his eyes to the idols, hath committed abomination. Why do you think that and the next verse talks about abominations? Hath given forth upon usury, hath taken incense, and uh, shall he then live, shall he not live? Have he done a, a, all these abominations? I just read out of that chapter, didn't I? About the enduring, everybody remember about the enduring part? No? Well, let's go back to Matthew 24, I guess. I mean, I'm, I mean, me and Brian have just talked about this repeatedly, but anyway. We'll go back to where it's talking about the enduring part, verse 13. But he uh, that shall endure unto the end of the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. Wait a minute. Ding, 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 ding. You remember that other resurrection verses or resurrection of what God said? Resurrection? Anyway, that's beside the point. Unto all nations, and then shall the end come, and ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Huh. 
same Greek verbiage. Catch you by surprise that I just, just fluent with all that stuff. It was just right there. Right there on the tip of my tongue. Knew it. I just remembered it. That, that's all I did. Just remembered it. I don't, I don't know where it's at. Now it makes sense to some of you why that's in Ezekiel chapter – why Ezekiel 18 is, is talking about what it's talking about. Now it makes sense. Let me explain that to you one more time. When you look in your Strong's, it says that Ezekiel chapters 18 verses 12 and 16 – is harpazo. However, that is not that word does not begin with an alpha. It begins with an ellipson, whether you like it or not. It does not have a zeta in it. That's a sigma. It's not a Z, it's an S. It's kind of important. You know, the the forty days of testing you're supposed to live by every mouth that proceeds from the mouth of God, so that's kind of supposed to be important. You're supposed to know how to, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm wrong. I must be, right? Nobody else is talking about this. I see no other uh, eschatology experts talking about why this year uh, – 5777 is in Leviticus chapter 16 and 1 verse 4 times. Sound of silence out there. It's deafening. So, uh, Brian, I'm going to put you uh, on the spot first, then I'll put Clinton on the spot. Do you think any type of event, whether good or bad, is uh, going to happen tonight? The sign is taking place right now. So, um, your thoughts, buddy? Yay, nay? What do you think? Ah, uh, nay. Clinton, sorry, buddy. Putting you on the spot. Yay or nay? Or are you not no. done, Brian? I'm sorry. No. Brian, you had further uh, commentary there. I interrupted you. It sounded like oh, that was that was pretty much the end of it. Okay. Well, that makes it pretty well. I guess that is the end of it. Uh, Clinton's nay. Brian's nay. And I'm on video record a couple of years ago saying uh, no. And if it is, it ain't good uh, because see that harlot. The Rides the Beast, uh, she has to ascend to that position sometime. Um, Clinton, your websites and your closing thoughts and goodbyes, please. Yeah, you know, it's it's always a pleasure to be on here and talk with you guys. And, and uh, you know, thank you for everyone's support. Um, you can uh, find me on uh, clintoncowatch.com. Uh, my last name is spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. Um, or uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, you know, at Clinton Co-Watch. All the news articles that we talk about, I try to put on Twitter as well. And uh, also on the Diligent Watchman on uh, Podbean. Uh, thanks again, and may God guide you on your journey. 
Bry, your websites and uh, all that good stuff and your closing thoughts, but and goodbyes. All right, you can catch me uh, at Overt Attention Show on Twitter, OvertAttentionShow.com, and if you want to email me with any questions, bandsoftime at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, that's pretty easy. Um, email is endtimetribune uh, uh, at mail.com. Uh, Brian mentioned uh, the Bands of Time. You probably want to go check out that YouTube channel. Uh, all that stuff was done live, live stream. So uh, questions, comments about other things we refer to tonight, you'll find them there on Brian's channel. Uh, that's his channel. Uh, let me say the same thing I always say, and I say it because I actually mean it. Does that catch you by surprise? Probably does. Um, but this is true. What I'm telling you is true. And I mean it. God bless, Godspeed. I love you all. That's why I'm doing this. That's we all obviously love you because we're doing this for free. We're not getting any money for it. I don't barter in anything. And that's a fact. Who knows? We can hope somebody pulls the start trigger this week. Let him ride for glory to four spirits of heaven. Well, sorry I was long-winded tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.